Good morning, Emmanuel. We are so glad you're here in person and online today. I'm so grateful that we have so many young adults who, contrib who contribute themselves to make Emmanuel great. Especially, I want to acknowledge Josh Yoder, our communicators administrator. He does all cool video that we see, and then bulletin, and slide, etc. Shall we express our gratitude? I know he is somewhere and over there, but uh, yeah, it'll be great. Thank you, Josh. We love you. You're my man. Today is uh, the final week in the Friends series. We'll talk about how can we make friends cross-culturally. Between 1970 and 1990, both in North America and worldwide, the homogeneous unit principle of church growth has been unquestioningly assumed as the most effective way to multiply disciples and plant churches. Church growth experts say, such as Donald A. McGovern, Churches grow fastest when the gospel is spreading along existing social lines and network and when people do not have to cross ethnic, cultural, or class barriers to become Christian. In other words, the homogeneous churches tend to grow faster when people are gathered only with a particular cultural group, tribal, economic status, educational level, profession, and even common affinity group. What do you think of this homogeneous church model personally? I'm sure most of us here have some experience with that kind of church. Before coming to Emmanuel, Yun and I also attended a Korean immigrant church, people who understood Korean language and Korean culture, gathered, socialized, and shared our own interests. Most of Korean church has a unique trend of having, having lunch after Sunday worship. The hot traditional Korean noodles served with kimchi are one of the things I miss most. I think we can do it here in Manuel. <laughs> Maybe you've experienced worshiping with other or a particular people group. You know, white people worship with white people, while black people worship with black people. Italians are Irish worship with their own tradition that only they know. Especially black, black people with their own context of going through a deep wound over history have created a faith community centered on liberation theology. God has fulfilled his will through such a homogeneous church where people gather to worship together without crossing cultural, ethnic, or other boundaries. Even in the early church in the first century where today's scriptures appears in the book of Acts, there was a church representing such homogeneousness and the name of that church was the Jerusalem church. After Christ's resurrection and ascension 
In the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down in power on apostles, and then Apostle Peter proclaimed the gospel so effectively to the crowd. You know, 3,000 people were convicted of sin and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. These gatherings were called churches. And the birthday of the Jerusalem church was the birthday of the Christian church as a whole. The Jerusalem church had provided a great example for Christian church ever since. You know, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, Jerusalem church, all who believed who together and devoted themselves to the Jesus disciples' teaching, godly fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the services of prayer, mutual care, and gospel witness. And and then Acts chapter 7, after the first Christian mother of Stephen, he passed away, one of the deacons in the Jerusalem church, a great wave of persecution began that day. All the believers in Jerusalem except the apostle were scattered. From then on, Jerusalem church tried to function as administrative headquarters that gave all churches a direction and guidelines. Moreover, because of intense persecution at that time, the Jerusalem church primarily focused inwardly, trying to keep the message of the gospel was shared only among the Hebrew Jews. It was a safety-first mentality. But through persecution, many believers traveled to Antioch as they were seeking refuge in other cities. Let's read today's scripture that shows how the Antioch church started. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 12. Let me read for you. Hopefully we have a slide here. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Antioch was the third largest city in the Roman Empire during the era of the early church. It is also a substantial commercial and economic center. It was nearly half a million people there. Culturally, First century Antioch is a melting pot of Greek, Roman, Arabic, and Persian influences. Believers scattered by the persecution started in the church in Antioch. Initially, as, as we read, they only preached to Jews. But others came from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles, many of whom became believers. 
than any church, more than any other church in the New Testament, was responsible for building a bridge to transport the gospel across the first century great cultural and ethnic divide. You know, the term Christian was first used at Antioch because of the broad impact of the message of Christ upon the community. Furthermore, in Acts chapter 13, the church of Antioch shows the cross-cultural faith community model. The leadership and fellowship comprised cultural, ethnic, and socioeconomic representation of the community and the church. You know, time is changing. The world is changing. And the future is now. Nearly every every county in the United States has become more diverse in the last decade. Look at the picture. Can we have a picture? Yes. I'm not sure you can see all arrow. All blue arrows share of people, people of color, increased. At the same time, only some of the red, red arrow grew, which is indicated the white population grow. See the next one, next slide. It shows how population makeup change in the U.S., Asian American, around 19.9 million, which is 6%, identify as Asian alone in 2020, up from 4.8% in 2010. In 2020, the black or African American alone population accounted for 12.4% of all people living in the U.S. The Hispanic or Latino population grew from 50 point million, which is 16.3% of the United States population in 2010, to 62.1 million, 18.7% in 2020. Our community is also becoming more diverse than before. Our staff and leadership noticed that within five miles radius of Emmanuel Church, between 2010 and 2023, Asian population is projected to increase from 12.9% to 18.4% of total population. And in the, in the 2023 projection, 72.1% white, 18.4% Asian, 4.8 black or African American, and 4.6 Hispanic and Latino. Here's a more interesting fact. North Penn High School diversity is 59.5% white, 20.8% are Asian, 9.6% black, and 6.9 Hispanic or Latino. How about Inglewood School? Just, just, just two blocks away from here. 47.6 white, 25.2% Asian, 11.6 African American, 7.8 Hispanic, 7.8 multiracial. 
even if you don't look at the chart and statistics, I guess many of you are experiencing change these days. Obviously, you know, more and more your neighbor has become diverse. And at, at your Thanksgiving or Christmas family union, I know you realize that you have more family members of different cultures in your family. It's different from back in those days when Asians alone or whites alone gathered for holidays. The percentage of the married couple households that are interracial or interethnic grew across the United States are huge now. Back in 1976, just 3% of married couple were interracial. Now, it's 20%, according to Pew Research Center. Studies show that young adults or your children will be more likely to marry a different race in the future. Not only that, as more people adapt from other countries or bring international students into their homes, there will be more cases of sharing different cultures within the family. Likewise, do you see that our church has been moving from the homogeneous church model to the multicultural church model? How do you react in such transition? Let us examine how we embrace it through looking at the Jerusalem church and the Antioch church. The Jerusalem church did not welcome right away. They must have feared that losing their ancestors' traditions set in the church would be destroyed. And because of the Jerusalem church experience a motherdom of Stephen with its own eyes, it put up the slogan of safety first and became wary of outsider and stranger. However, the Holy Spirit informed the churches a new direction through Gentile Cornelius and his entire family that God plans to save the Gentile. But you know what happened after that. Some raised their voices. If they want to be part of us, let all the Gentile agree to be circumcised, to be saved. They put another barrier there. That much that Jerusalem tried it hard to keep the movement within only the Jewish race. The Antioch church was different. Antioch church's main focus was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation to the community that had the Greeks, Roman, and Gentile. Remember, the Jews are ruled by Roman Empire, previously Greeks too. Politically, historically, Jews cannot get along with them well. You know, religiously, it is worse. So the Antioch church was initially minister, ministering or sharing the gospel only to the Jews, according to the uh, scripture today. But they gladly expanded their scope to Greeks and Gentiles. As a result, the church became a diverse group 
of people not conforming to the world's way, the Antioch church was built not on a social agenda, but on a gospel church, gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, the Antioch church became a multicultural church. Furthermore, the Holy Spirit called Paul and Barnabas to a special work in spreading the gospel to the Gentiles outside of Antioch. The church took their hands on Paul and Barnabas and set them off as the first missionary in the church history led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we are descendant of the Antioch church. What about us? Emmanuel Church is not a building, but we are the church. Each of you, yourselves, are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. Remember, we have seen how diverse families and kids from the community participated and enjoyed in ninja camp last summer. Here in Emmanuel, we also had the amazing 10th cultural night to taste the delicious food from different cultures and to welcome our neighbors and learn about them as a people of God and go beyond skin color or ethnicity. Above all, we Emmanuel intentionally practice when we are in Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, Male or female, we are born of the spirit of new creation, which means we have a new creation ethnicity. So we are all one in Christ Jesus. Here's this question for you. Do you see the Holy Spirit works here in Emmanuel from Jerusalem church to Antioch church? If you see God's calling for Emmanuel Church to become a multicultural church, here's my challenge to you. That's why I'm here. Would you take one more step ahead and have open mind through today's sermon on how to build up friends cross-culturally? First, let's be honest. Cultural fatigue of course, expanding a friend's scope may be challenging at first. Have you heard the culture fatigue? Sometimes educating yourself with ideas outside your culture is tiring because you throw yourself somehow unknown, something new. You don't know what to do, how to handle the situation. That's a natural part of journey. For example, you invite a couple of guests at your home. Somehow a lady brought a dish of her traditional food that can be classified as exotic to you and your family. And she's saying she added some fish sauce that you never heard of it. Now you become uncomfortable. What's the fish sauce? Would it be okay if I skip her dishes? Is it too rude? But I really don't want to try it. Man, I did it many times. You have so many questions inside you, and that's tiring. 
It's another story between Pastor Mark and me. I'm glad that Pastor Mark is here is not here now. <laughs> I continued to call him Pastor Mark for quite a long time, even in private, because I thought it I thought it showed that I respect him as my lead pastor. Back in Korea, I grew up in a hierarchical culture, which is top-down culture. Technically, only people of the same age are friends. In my mind, if you are one year older, if you are one year older or younger, you are not my friend, friend in Korean culture. You have no idea how different it is. You know what? Mark is more than 10 years older than me. Hopefully he didn't hear that. <laughs> How dare I could call him Mark. But his thought was different. Mark didn't want me to limit him as his pastor only. But he wanted to be my friend. Please call me Mark. He begged, actually which is impossible in the relationship with the Korean leadership path, Korean leader path, lead pastor. And I said, challenge accepted. <laughs> and I practiced to call him Mark. <laughs> and the fatigue overwrapped me. Oh, this is not right. Now I'm better. And I can, I can call him Mark. While I respect him more than before, the change opened up our friendship deeper level. Revelation chapter 7, 9 says this about heaven. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could count number from every nation, from all tribe and peoples and languages, as standing before the throne and before the Lamb, with the palm branches in their hand and crying out with the loud voices, salvation belongs to our God who sits on throne and to the Lamb. Again, all tribe, peoples, and languages. Although we may have a cultural fatigue, culture is God's idea. God created all the culture that exists in the world it is diverse and beautiful. When we interact with people from other cultures, we receive a sneak peek of heaven. If you like to experience different cultures, it means you already enjoy the part of heaven. So, how can we build friendship with those from different cultures? First, you need to put yourself in a situation where you will meet people of other cultures. One of the first and the most important steps in to show up in places where you will meet people of cultures other than yours. Second, we can meet, be intentional. We can make a conscious a conscious decision to establish a friendship with the people from other cultures. So look around. Approach intentionally. Say hi. If you learn Korean, that'll be great. Chinese, different language, that'll be great too. Ask people questions about their cultures, custom, and views. Examine the group 
you normally attended, how diverse they are. Do people of different culture come to your Bible study or social gatherings you have joined it? Ask yourself how often you try to invite or hang out with them. Don't assume the topic that you are interested in will always help the conversation with others from a different background. You may think everyone loves the eagles, I know, or Phyllis, because you do love them. I do love them. But others may not have interest in them. And please do speak slower. And I'll use easier expression if the people of different cultures are speaking English as their second language. And are you a good listener for them? Lastly, look at the name on your phone. How many are your contact number in your phone from different culture? Of course, I look at mine. Let me tell you, 529 names and their contact information are saved on my cell phone. I checked how, uh, how my contacts are racially divided. When I first came here in 2009, I was at a Korean church, as I, as I told you. Most, mostly have a fellowship with Korean friends. Of course, all numbers were Koreans. Now, 14 years later, my contacts are composed of 48% Asian, which is 256 people. Man, I spent hours for it. <laughs> it was hard. And 42% white, 224. 5% Hispanic, 24 people. 5% black, 25 people out of 529 people. That's your homework. When you go back home, you have to do it. It's going to take tons of hours. I think this is becoming pretty diverse since black and Hispanic people living in Lansdale, only 4.8 and 4.6. However, my relationship reflects the percentage in my personal relationship. Still, when I see the chart, I made up my mind that I would be more intentional in making more black and Hispanic friends this year. So, how can become friends cross-culturally? Lastly, hug the porcupine carefully just they are. Let me show you a video clip I watched often while I prepared the sermon. Can we play? So this life is given everyone a present beautiful, shiny and new everyone but you Hold on 
one, wasn't it? That's a really good one. Don't you think it warms our hearts? Look at the effort and love of the squirrel. She really wanted to become a friend of the porcupine. Finally, porcupine became a friend of the whole school friends. The only thing that bothered me, by the way, was styrofoam that the friends put on porcupine's spines. If we think, if we think twice, putting styrofoam can be understood as a try of assimilation. Except for the porcupine, everyone has soft skin. So adding the styrofoam to his thorn can be interpreted as a pressure that the porcupine has to have smooth skin to become friends with them. How would Jesus make friends? His way is higher than us. His way is not requiring assimilation. He doesn't say, you change, then I will be your friend. Jesus embraced our thorn. He loves all of us just as we are, even our weaknesses and limitations. Romans chapter 5, 6 says, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly like we are and just the right time. Jesus was directly pierced by the thorn of our sins and wounded. Still, he showed and proved his love by dying. We are Jesus' followers. We follow his path of love even though we knew it could be tiring, difficult, or painful. How about we don't ask any porcupine wearing styrofoam and instead we put an armor of love. That's love of mature Christian in relationship. Let me close my sermon with my one thought. If any of you ask a question, Jungmo, what is the essential key for making friends cross-culturally? This Bible verses as the answer from my personal experience. Daniel chapter 1-9. God has granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officers. Listen. I have seen that God has granted me His favor that I don't deserve in the sights of friends around me. As I believe God calls me a multi-ethnic minister, I make every effort to make friends to with people of different cultures. God has seen my pain, struggles, and prayers to empower Emmanuel Church to integrate with people of diverse cultures to become one in Christ. Every moment, I put aside the language and culture that I am comfortable with and do my best to respect others' cultures and languages. I intentionally try not to judge their ideas that differ from mine 
and attempt to interpret why they think and act that way they do in their cultural setting. But regardless of my effort, I've, I've, I've struggled with cultural fatigue. I've also made many, many mistakes. There were many times, I think you are one of them, when I couldn't even pronounce people's name correctly. I'm so sorry. That was not my intention at all. I was often frustrated and discouraged when I thought this is not working. Sometimes I also thought about going back to Korean church where I thought it would be more comfortable to do ministry with the homogeneous model, church model. But then I realized that Lord grants favor from people around me. When the trust of friendship was yet well formed due to some barriers, some of my mistakes, my Lord gave me favor so that they show their patience, kindness, acceptance, grace, and blessings to me so that I could call them friends. All of these friends are you, Emmanuel. I want to say thank you for your favor to give me. That I realize I, I, I'm not only one. Many Bible characters also receive favors that God granted. Joseph found favor from Potiphar. Ruth found favor in Boaz's sight. God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of a commander or officer so that Daniel could maintain in his, his integrity. God caused Queen Esther to find favor in the eyes of all who saw her. Of course, you all know this verse. Jesus found favor among God and man. Luke chapter 2, 52. And Christian in the early church found favor among the community. The psalmist wrote, the Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. And King Solomon also states, do not let kindness, truth, lift you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet on your heart so so you will find favor and good reputation in the sights of God and man Emmanuel how can we make a friend and form a godly friendship choose to love God Trust Him. Follow God's way and seek His wisdom. Make sure kindness and truth, which Jesus Christ never, never leaves you. And with my experience, I can tell you such an authentic life of faith surely find favor in the sight of God and man. God will grant His favor 
to you although fatigue mistake all of the weaknesses and limitation once God's favor pour down on us our fellowship there's no problem to make friendship languages cultural barrier can nothing because we believe the power of gospel that Jesus gave to us amen let's stand please I want to give you two uh, questions whenever I come to the church I always have the same prayer to God I'm going to meet a lot of people God who is the person that you want me to meet who is lonely who needs friends and I always ask I want to be instrument for you God so that I can do something for them as you gave favor of God I'd like to share the favor of God that I have to them so that their life is thrive whenever you come to church whenever you leave the church I want you to pray the same same prayer some person who is on the corner look like lonely some person who is coming here as a new friends they need your favor of God let's take up two minutes quiet time just asking God Holy Spirit which person do you want me to meet today and this week I will be happy to share favor of God that you have let's have two minutes quiet time to listen the voice of Holy Spirit